Welcome to the BeastNet Podcast, proudly presented by the Beast Obstacle Course Racers and sponsored by GH Unders Performance Base Layers. Here we discuss all things athleticism to obstacle course racing, endurance to nutrition, our team, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey, thanks for joining us, everybody, today on BeastNet. Uh, we've got a very special episode with some great folks. Um, I'm Adam Bergenheyer with BSOCR. On the line today, we've got my right-hand man, Mr. Zane Treewalker, uh, ultimate good dude and master of mixes. Um, <laughs> in addition, we've got a very... <laughs> I should always let you talk. I always I just get excited to say your name, and I, I move on too fast. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> well, thank you. And then um, we got a special guy on the phone. Uh, he's a he's a friend of ours, um, doing some really cool things out there in the world. Uh, Mr. Mark Peterson is the he's the director of endurance for Spartan Endurance. Now uh, has his hands in all sorts of really cool and exciting things. And uh, Mark, thank you so much for spending some minutes with us. Oh, hey guys, thanks for uh, for having me on the podcast tonight. I'm honored. Absolutely, it's an honor to talk to you. Uh, so first, obviously, we'll knock out the big question. Um, what, Mark, I mean, I know a little bit about your background, uh, a lot of outdoors-related stuff. Um, what got you into OCR and specifically uh, endurance? Good question, Adam. Obviously, um, OCR and endurance, as we know it, are typically coupled together, mostly because uh, endurance events like Spartan Endurance uh, have spawned off of the OCR format. As a matter of fact, the the birth of Hurricane Heat came at the demise of one of the races in Boston, uh, based threatened by Hurricane Irene. But the idea behind the connection between OCR and endurance was never really part of my <clears throat> thought process. I never thought I would be here. Uh, I've always been an endurance guy. Endurance by meaning um, mountaineering. Mountaineering has been my endurance event uh, passion for many decades. And uh, I've been a mountaineering guide, and I've had the opportunity to uh, own my own guiding service with my uh, lovely wife, Carrie. And we have always been into doing things that some people have thought was not really uh, in, in their in their path. But taking people on a mountaineering adventure uh, is every bit as much uh, climbing Kilimanjaro and um, and Matterhorn and and uh, Vincent Massif and Antarctica are every bit uh, as much of an endurance event as an agogi or a, or a twelve hour hurricane. Yes, but what brought me into OCR was sort of unexpected. OCR came about because I um, got cancer and. A friend of mine challenged me to um, run a crazy Spartan race with him in Malibu, California, um, as a way to kind of put the obstacles as a symbol for the other obstacles I was trying to overcome. And I just took off from there. I uh, fell in love with obstacle course racing, in particular the Spartan race format um, and uh, endurance from my other background, just came naturally. So I immediately um, enlisted in the forces to do the endurance events. That's how, that's what brought me into it all. Good. That's awesome. Um, now, what, I mean, you kind of just wow. slid into this uh, this director of endurance position, it seems, and like it opened up and you were the guy who was just right there. I know you had uh, interaction previously as a participant with the Agogis, and uh, uh, you had a larger hand in the first China Agogi, so you uh, had a lot of hands-on time with Joe Decina. And, uh, I mean, how did that go? You just get a call one day out of the blue and a little shocker, or did you know that something was kind of coming? No, I, I had no idea how this, all, uh, how this all happened. I could get it to but I But I certainly couldn't tell you uh, what qualifications that I – had or what reasonings or what steps a person takes to to get to a place where I'm at. But I will tell you that uh, the first Agogi that I did uh, in 02, 002 in June of uh, 2016 was an absolute life-changing event for me, and I wanted more. Um, as a matter of fact, I 
uh, took Joe's challenge at the beginning of 002, where he asked everyone to tell their story. And if you could tell a compelling enough story and get published, he would pay uh, that person's way to China. So I took him up on it, and I did everything I could. I wasn't interested in um, showcasing or grandstanding the battle that I had with cancer, but it made sense um, at Joe's um, request to share those things that had changed me, what, what got me there. And by doing that, it opened the doors for other people to say, hey, I, I can do something like that too. And I, I got published. I got published in a couple of local um, publications here. I was on a radio uh, talk show. Um, and uh, I was um, being interviewed to be on uh, other TV shows as well. Uh, and so, uh, which, which didn't happen, but I, I arrived at the Agoglio 02 um, with having um, reached the goal that Joe had set about being the most published um, participant in the event. And so I asked him, I challenged him, I said, hey, anybody get more publication than me? Did anybody get um, their story out to more people? And he said, no. I said, great, well, I guess I'll see you in China. And he just laughed. And <laughs> typical uh, Joe style, he says, uh, be careful what you wish for. And yeah. uh, so uh, all of a sudden I'm preparing for uh, for, for China and um, he Joe emailed me and, and challenged me. He said, hey, um, you're coming to China, right? I said, yes. And he said, how many people are you bringing with? And I said, well, I'm just bringing a few a few friends. Uh, my two nephews are going to come with me and do it. And he said, get more. Find more people. So um, I did. Just started uh, finding out, hey, uh, are you going to the Adobe China? Well, no, I can't afford it. Well, what's in your way? And we started... Um, looking at ways to, okay, you've got something in your way. Is it finances? Is it time off of work? Is it something else? And one by one, we helped other people overcome whatever it was that was in their way. And uh, we got um, 32 people um, to join me in uh, China, Ogogi, in, in addition to another 30 uh, participants that I didn't know. So uh, over half of the participants that showed up to the China venue were people that in some way um, I either had influenced or, or um, uh, convinced in some way to, to join the event. And uh, due to some other personnel problems and issues in China at the hotel uh, during the opening meeting, um, Charlie Piso uh, threw me a Kryptea shirt and pulled me onto his team to help lead the China Agogi. And there I met uh, the now vice president of product, David Watson, who was also uh, his first time um, being involved with the Agogi, but he was instrumental in putting it all together and making the plan and making the connections with uh, uh, the, the local venue and he, he planning the event. So um, having that, having that connection with David um, and then at some point in time, the opportunity came around to be more involved with endurance. Um, David had already had a relationship with me and knew what I was capable of and, uh, and asked me to help out. And initially um, I was just involved with, with hurricane heat and mostly just in the manage management side management as in not loss of hurricane heat or, boss of Kryptea, and I, I don't look at myself as that in any way. I look at myself as a manager of that program as someone just like a manager of a baseball team. They're the ones that get the ball. They're the ones that make sure there's bats, and they're the ones that make sure that they're playing against the team uh, that is worthy of uh, opponent. So in my world as manager of Hurricane Heat, and only now recently as director of endurance, uh, I, I look at the growth of our program in the same exact way. I'm just trying to manage the aspects that will help create growth for both of those programs. Absolutely. Good. That's phenomenal. Yeah, I I, uh, I recall when you were uh, campaigning to get people into the China Agogi, and it was uh, it was definitely a phenomenal 
thing to see uh, both from the outside and to uh, have a small part in it. I know we had talked a little bit at that point in time. And, uh, yeah, it just, just blows me away uh, what you guys were able to pull off. Um, yeah, we, did some, we did some crazy stuff, uh, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Very commendable, I will say. Um, so going to uh, going forward, uh, it seems like endurance just it's growing so rapidly, especially in the Spartan community. Um, and I was kind of digging around in the calendar, and it looked like there's uh, about 32 endurance events going on next year. Uh, that's not counting the ultras and the ultra beasts, um, and it's also not counting the H3X, which we'll kind of touch on a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it it seems like a year ago even it was it was few and far between to get into a hurricane heat, and now we're just everywhere. Like most of the venues have a at least a regular hurricane heat, if not a twelve as well. Yeah, you're right, Adam. Uh, certainly more events on the schedule for 2018, um, but that's uh, actually just the tip of the iceberg. We have more events than that are on the schedule uh, right now. So. If I can, I'll share a little bit that uh, the growth of, of endurance itself, um, and, and, and particularly as it relates to hurricane heat, is that we not only wanted to expand the number of venue opportunities, but the variety of venue opportunities. So you'll see the 2018 schedule going to places that never had been um, hosting a hurricane heat before, like Idaho. Uh, is a brand new venue. Uh, Utah was a brand new venue last year, and it, it will return again as a as a 12-hour. Many other locations, um, a couple of them, and uh, you you can hear about it first here that we are going to have two stadium hurricane heat events. Nice. Um, nice. Everything goes well. We'll have um, Fenway and uh, Dallas Stadium wow. as the first two um, hurricane heat events done in the stadium format. So that's new. Wow. That's really and, cool. And you mentioned about, um, you mentioned about H3X and, um, I'll, I'll touch on that for a second. You said we would cover it later, but we're already on that roll. So yeah. <laughs> by all means, H, H3X, um, a lot of mystery and, uh, and <laughs> questions about this event. So let me try to help out. Essentially, this came about at the request of many of the hurricane participants, uh, that had said, oh, man, all my friends are going to California and SoCal. They're going to do that event. And I'm over here in, in uh, Atlanta, and there's not an event this weekend. But, hey, to all of you guys that are out there doing events, uh, you know, good luck this weekend. And we decided that the, the thought process that somebody in another part of the country is doing an event that they can't participate in, Either because of the cost of travel, or the cost of the, or just the distance, or the time that they would have to take uh, off. Let's provide a hurricane team that everybody can participate at the same time. So what we thought we would do is have a venue that is spread out into three, potentially four uh, parts of the country, and next year even doing something uh, international along with U.S. events. But picture this, picture a hurricane heat that starts at the exact same time, regardless of your time zone, on the East Coast, in Central or Mountain time zone, and then again on the West Coast. Everybody will be doing the same exact event. So um, by that I mean if somebody's dragging sandbags uh, at, at hour two, everybody's dragging sandbags at hour two. The, the event format will be the exact same, whether you're on the Pacific Coast um, doing butterfly um, burpees or butterfly exercises in the ocean, or if you're on the salt flats of Utah, or if you're in the Green Mountains of Vermont. Um, the idea is that we will be streaming live to all locations, and everybody who is watching the content as it unfolds will see people doing the same thing at the same time in three different landscapes. Um, it's going to be amazing to, to to know that, hey, do you remember that one part about the, the hurricane heat that really sucked? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the difference is one person was in, one person was in um, California and the other person was in Vermont, but you're talking about the same event that they participated in together, but they were able to do it on their own time, in their own time zone, and in their own area. 
That's what we thought we would do yeah. for H3X. It's a brand new format. Yeah, it's really neat. Yeah, that's awesome. That was um, so cool. Can we touch at all? Uh, you know, I, I know uh, some of the earlier posting about it kind of referred to it as the gambler. Is it still going that direction? Is that still a, a theme behind it? Um, what do you see, Adam? Are you signing up for this? Well, I am signing up. I don't know, Zane, are you signing up? I am signing up. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so then, then you will be gambling with what's going to happen to you. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I think we gamble every time we put our lives in your hands, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that, and I'm excited to hear uh, that there's going to be some hurricanes going on in stadiums. Uh, I'm really excited to see that we've added a hurricane heat to Hawaii. I think that is just phenomenal. That's going to be amazing out there. That's already such a beautiful course out there on the ranch, uh, to be out there with a group of people just slugging away for a hurricane heat, I think that's going to be phenomenal. Um, yeah, no, don't, don't, uh, don't steal the thunder from previous years. Um, uh, hurricane heat, endurance events are not new to Hawaii. Uh, yeah, true. The, uh, the great Tony Matisse led the 12-hour hurricane heat in uh, Hawaii last year. Yeah. Uh, it, was, uh, it was amazing, and uh, all we're hoping to do uh, is is following in his uh, great footsteps in that event. Uh, such a such a classic venue, okay. though, and we're ex- we're expecting that it's going to be uh, wildly popular. Yeah, yeah, we kind of missed out on that this year a little bit, I think, and uh, it, it's exciting to see it coming back to the area. Um, and then we've got Hurricane Heat in Tahoe. I think that's going to be phenomenal too. That it's such rough terrain out there, and that course just beats people up like crazy going to be really cool to have a hurricane heat out there i think that's going to test a lot of folks yeah i think it's going to be um unique in a lot of ways where people think that it's going to be a tough event simply because of the the venue itself but the event plan is going to be very challenging it 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 might it might simply be the most challenging uh (laughs) hurricane heat event uh on next year's schedule if i could if i could venture a guess yeah, that's awesome. I, I feel like, uh, you know, the Cryptea, uh, when they dive into a situation like that, uh, their life-changing experience is just as much and as important as us, the competitors. Uh, that challenge is phenomenal, and the ability to push themselves to create that event for us is always so well accepted, and uh, it's very much appreciated by those of us who do participate in those. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things we're trying to do next year is raise the bar um, for for endurance events all over. We we don't want to have the same style of event. We don't want to have that be repeated over and over again. Oh, that's the same thing I did in, in wherever it was, and then I did the same thing over here. We want it to be uh, so unique that the experience is different every time uh, for every participant, and we're we've got some really creative ways uh, to keep the product on brand as we know it, but have some interesting new challenges. So uh, if you have not done a Spartan Endurance event, it will be new to you next year. But if you have done many, many Spartan Endurance events over many years, they will be new to you. That's, That's what we're hoping to bring. I like to hear yeah. that. Yeah, I, uh, personally, I did, uh, let's see, I did Portland, uh, Montana, Monterey, and uh, I did the... Seattle, well, both Adam and myself did the Seattle 24, yep. um, and every every one of them, I mean, even if you're just looking at the regular Hurricanes, they were so vastly different, and I love that about it. I don't want to go into the same thing every time in a, just a new location. I like that the Cryptea get mixed up. I like that we have uh, guests coming in to assist with the Cryptea, and that kind of throws a little mix into it itself, and uh, it's, it's always nice to see a varied flavor from location to location, and it's a lot of fun. I'm glad you like that aspect. Um, I will throw a couple of uh, surprises at you that um, 2018 is going to have a substantial amount of emphasis put on um, Spartan employees participating, nice. uh, corporate employees, uh, legal counsel, um, you know, various accountants. I mean, for every walk, we want to have more involvement from Spartan corporate and build that culture. But don't be surprised 
if you show up and during gear check, the guy standing next to you is Joe DeSena. <laughs> he's, prom- he's promised to be at a couple of events as a participant. Good. Next year. That's exciting. Uh, so, uh, so you never know uh, who's going to be on your team, and that's going to be a different challenge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, and on that same line, uh, I've got just a couple more questions for you myself. Um, will we expect to see you leading an event again? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think I think I'm on the schedule to lead four or five um, hurricane heats, whether they be 12 hour uh, or 24 hour or H3X or regular hurricane heat. Uh, in addition to the other uh, endurance events, I'll be I'll be at all of the Agogis next year as well, and um, all of the peak races as well. Awesome. I like to hear that. Uh, now, I know that obviously we talked earlier about you got into this by beginning as a participant. Are we going to see you participating in events this year? Oh, yeah. You absolutely will. You absolutely will. Um, it's, still, it's still debated as to which ones I'm going to, uh, which ones I'm going to participate in, but uh, and it's also part of... Uh, part of <coughs> Seattle. <coughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want to build a bugaloo, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that that could be that could be one of the ones that I choose, but um, I, I have to obviously select venues that are uh, where my time is the most available, and um, I get spread yeah. pretty thin with with all the things that I'm doing right now. So it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be a surprise probably to me as well which ones I do, but yeah. I will definitely be participating in some next year. Awesome. Now, uh, as far as Agogi goes, um, why Mongolia? Why so close to China and not somewhere clear across the globe? Okay, well, first off, you probably need to uh, refresh your um, your geography because um, Mongolia is not <laughs> exactly close to Beijing, where we were last year. No, and true. Absolutely, completely different landscapes. But, but um, one of the great opportunities that come about um, through Agogi is is the resource connections. And Mongolia is of particular interest to us because we have the same opportunity to use the same resource that we used in China by way of uh, Sir William. Okay. And anybody who was any part of China in any way, even those that were looking at it from the outside, um, could see the awesome impact that Sir William's uh, family and his history and his experience lends to the event uh, called the Gogi. So it is a privilege uh, to be anywhere near Sir William and just so happens to be, you know, 1,700 miles away from where we were before. But, yeah. um, but Mongolia will be an amazing venue, and it's not to be missed. If you can make, if you can start saving your pennies now or saving your time off now, Mongolia um, not that the other venues ever disappoint, but Mongolia would be one that you would want to be at. It's awesome. Well, Exciting. unlike the Scotland one where you carry a whiskey jug, you know, however many miles, you might be able to carry a horse for 1,700 miles. <laughs> or be carried by a horse. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Is, is, yeah. that a, is that a hint we're dropping there? A little wink, wink? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Good. I like it. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and take a quick 10-second break and uh, hear a little word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors, if you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, you listen to BeastNet Podcast with uh, Zane Treewalker of the Beast OCR, myself, Adam Bringhire, and the illustrious Mark Peterson of Spartan Endurance. Uh, Glad to be here, guys. Thanks again for spending some time with us. Always good hanging out with you. Um, always a good time. Good so I got I to gotta say, um, hearing what we talked about earlier, I think I added two new things to my bucket list. I have a ridiculous book. I keep it <laughs> with me almost not all times, but 
a lot of times. And I add stupid things to it all the time. And some of them don't make sense except to me, but things that I want to do. So I'm just unfortunately going to have to keep doing Spartan endurance events until I at least do one side by side with you, but Mark and Joe, if you're listening, I have to do at least one until I do one side by side with you. I just, I have to now. <laughs> it's a horrible decision, <laughs> but it's a good, <laughs> well, I love I, it. I have been- I've been around you enough to know that, uh, that, and I hope you know that I, I wish for the exact same thing here, here, your beef, and I'm actually honored to be on your podcast. Thanks, man. That means a lot to me. It really does. Oh, we're growing out. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell you what, I got, I got some stuff I want to throw you away, and I think you'll love it, but um, I want to get kind of back to basics here. Uh, we, we've talked about a few different areas in Spartan Endurance, um, Endurance in general, and some some events and specifics for the folks on the phone to, to you or, or excuse me, the folks listening to you, Mark. What makes Spartan Endurance so special, and why should folks sign up for it? That's probably the question of the the whole uh, episode, right? That's really the nuts and bolts of what we're even talking about. Here. <laughs> why, yeah. why 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 should somebody do this? Um, that's a question that probably has more answers than I could possibly cover, but I'll cover some of the ones that are the nearest and dearest to me. Um, simply put, uh, Spartan endurance events change people's lives. Uh, I have seen with my own eyes people's marriages get stronger, people's relationships get stronger, people become better workers, they become better followers, they become more confident in themselves, they gain a, a respect for themselves that maybe they hadn't had or maybe had lost in previous years. So why should somebody do it is even if they are fully confident, oh, my marriage is strong. I'm great. I'm a great, I'm great at work. I know how to follow words. I'm, I'm a fantastic team player. Uh, I don't need these things to prove to me. You will find out that whatever level you're at, these events will make you that much better. They will bring you to just one step, one step further. And that's evidenced by this following statistic. 2% of everybody who does a Spartan Endurance event or who did a Spartan Endurance event in 2017 uh, was a previous endurance participant, either in the previous year or a previous event in the same year. So why do people keep coming back? There's your answer. I guess that's the real question. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll share with you something that is really special to me. And I'm sure you've heard it from me maybe a couple times and Zane has his own version of it. That's really special too. And Zane, if you'd like to share too, you know, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but yeah. I'm sure Mark would love to hear it. And so would everyone else, but going back to the 24 hour that I've been doing endurance for a little bit mm-hmm. until that point, And that was the one that changed everything for me. Um, and it's funny you said that because it was something that I needed so bad in so many different ways. And I'm still learning from it today. I'm still going back to it and pulling new lessons out. Um, it's made me a better man. It's made me a better follower, a better leader, a better worker, and a million other things. And you know what? It's it's funny because after all that, I'll never forget this. After going through hell on a high horse and learning new fun things and new fun ways to do horrible things, um, it's funny because at the very end, Cookie gave me a big old hug and he said, see, that wasn't too bad. And you, <laughs> I think that sealed the deal for me. Uh, thank you, Cookie. Uh, Cause now I, I just can't stop. <laughs> but it, it, in all seriousness, it, it, it was exactly what I needed that I didn't know. I, I mean, and I, and I can't laud it enough um, in so many different ways. We don't have enough time to talk about um, how it was a catalyst for me. And I think that's what people find in a lot of these events. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a 24. Um, it can be a hurricane. And I've seen that where Absolutely. something hits people and it makes sense and it clicks and they, they get a new perspective, a new outlook, or they realize that they are powerful. They can do things um, that whatever was in their head all of a sudden doesn't matter anymore, or it's been reinforced or, or whatever they whatever it might be. And I, and I think that's why people keep coming back. Yeah. You're hitting on the head. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll step in and say, I fully agree, man. I, uh, through 
all of the hurricane heats that I've done, I've watched so many people who just put themselves out immediately and doubt themselves uh, grow in phenomenal lengths from beginning to end of the event. And uh, I think you definitely, there's a lot to be gained. Even if you don't finish the event, if you come out and worst case scenario, you don't finish the event uh, for whatever reason, there's so much to be gained just from that learning experience uh, through the event that I think it's, it's absolutely worth it. And I always encourage everybody that I possibly can to come out and do a hurricane heat. Exactly. Well, I appreciate that comment also, Zane. I'm, I'm going to share one other thing that, that uh, I've kind of been mulling over for quite some time and, and really the, the kind of maybe the reason why uh, or, or what that change is in people. And I think that it, it boils down to this. It changes definition. So what I mean by that is um, people arrive at these events oftentimes and they have a definition in their mind about who they are, how strong they are, um, how far they can run or how long they can push or whatever the case is. And their definitions change. I'll give you a perfect example. If someone looks at a tire and says, oh, that's too heavy. Well, that's a definition. Heavy is a definition. Too heavy is an even further definition. So when they have this thought process in their head, that how are we going to carry this this crazy distance, Cookie or Dingo or, or, or Cody or any of the, the other fabulous um, Cotea that we have on our team, tell uh, that they have to carry that. And so when they start to pick that tire up and they say, that's too heavy, their definition changes of heavy at some point in time. Because what's the reason? Is it too heavy for you? Is it too heavy because you're tired right now? Is it too heavy because you aren't hydrated? Is it too heavy because you haven't had enough to eat? Or is it too heavy because your hands are wet? And then when, you, when two or three people put their hands under that tire and lift it up, now, is it, was it too heavy? It wasn't too heavy. It was too heavy for you at that moment. It was too heavy for you under that circumstance. And then um, when two people drop out of that circle of eight that are carrying that tire, you realize you have more. You, you can give a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then two more people drop out. Now only four people are carrying that tire. And you realize, wow, before I thought this was heavy when there was eight of us. And then I thought it was heavy when there was six. But now that there's only four, it's still heavy. But I'm <laughs> able to do it, right? But their definition changes of what's too heavy. Their definition changes of what's too far. Their definition changes of what's too long. And they go get that 60 hours off. They stayed awake for 60 hours. Um, you know, why do they put a sleeping bag on this thing if we're not going to use a sleeping bag? Um, that's always that's always like the cruelest joke of all time, right? If you're going to bring a sleeping bag and then um, you somehow think when you're signing up for this event that there's going to be a moment in time when you might sleep. Um, so, but, but uh, I, I hope you understand what I mean. There's a juxtaposition of people's mental definition of whatever their measures are. And then when they leave, the definition of those measures completely changed. Um, what, is the, what, is, what was their previous measure of being tired? is now no longer their previous measure of being tired. They've they surpassed that. Their previous measure of heavy, their previous measure of any of the other uh, possible uh, measurements. And life is all about measurements and how we see them. Um, how, how long do I have to work at this job? Long is a measurement. How long do I have to suffer with um, a teenager who's not listening to me or not respecting me? Well, that's a definition. of That's a measurement. And as long as we capture our own um, viewpoint of what those measurements are and put them into reality, that's when you'll have change. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think uh, you and Tim, Tim Ferriss might get along. <laughs> you know, I've been reading a bunch of Tim Ferriss and Jocko Willink lately, and Tim Ferriss did the publishing with, um, on uh, The Obstacle of the Way. And even on the cover, it says The Timeless Art of Turning Trials into Triumph. Um, yeah. Great book. I, I recommend it to anybody. Yeah, oh yeah, I just bought it. <laughs> um, it's it's honestly, dude. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like it, we can tell that you've put a lot of thought into that, and I'm I'm blown away. I'm probably going to listen to this now three times later on. And go, <laughs> wow, um, phenomenal. Well, I'm, I gonna, I'm in a unique position for that because I I get to see the success 
because I see everybody's name as they register. I see everybody's name as the as the, the event um, sheet gets printed. Then I see the the return on on who who finished. And uh, I'm not even saying I'm a lawyer into people's lives or anything like that, but I look at the people who finished and I look at their posts on Facebook, or more importantly, I look at the people who didn't finish and I look to see. And almost in every case, the people who didn't finish probably grew more than the people who did. And I love watching, reading and watching those posts or, or whatever the case may be, and just watching um, people around me, people close to me. Um, share experiences of, of what they did. And every one of the coolest things about the endurance community are the stories that come out of it. Because when they go to work the next day and they're talking to people around the water cooler and, and um, they might say, well, hey, what did you do this weekend? Hey, what did you do this weekend? And the minute an endurance uh, participant starts talking about what they did over the weekend, everybody stops. Everybody's listening. I'm not making judgments that this guy's probably crazy, or they might be jealous, but they notice there's a change in that guy or gal. There's something different about them right now. I agree. I completely agree. And you were in a unique position not too long ago at the 12 Hour Utah, where you actually you got to see me fail, and uh, totally wild, an amazing experience. And I would do it all over again to participate and be there with you and the rest of the amazing people there. Great event, by the way. That was phenomenal. I hope to see you in Utah again in uh, 2018. Yeah. Maybe you're not open, so I haven't decided yet. I was not must not have been at that same event because I did not see you fail. Um, I, I didn't see you uh, get a wedge at the end. Is that what you mean? Because that's you by no means failed. I watched uh, amazing growth. Uh, not just from you uh, individually, but the people that were with you, the people that were on your team, the people that supported you. Uh, I saw, I, all I saw was success. That was an amazing event. And um, you didn't get a wedge that day, but you did not fail. You know, you, you, I think you hit it again. Um, and I think it's easy for us when a DNF happens. Because let's be real, DNF happens. And, and it's going to happen. It's not a matter of, if it's a matter of when something might happen, pride, medical, physical, a challenge, you might get in your head, whatever. It's just a matter of when. Um, yeah. No. And no I think I think that's perfect, right? Because um, I did learn and grow a lot from that. Um, in fact, you know, I've had a couple of those where you know some people might call them failures, and thank you for correcting me. Um, that I think I've grown the most from, and I right there with you. It's it's funny. But it is when you didn't finish. Yeah, I know, but it was amazing. <laughs> Where else that's, do you find that? <laughs> right, but that story come from people who didn't finish. I mean, uh, you don't, coming this time of year, you know, the Christmas madness that's going to be coming about, and people are going to be standing in line for their own endurance event, six hours mm-hmm. of waiting for a chance to buy some toy or something, and they might not get it. And they're not going to come home and tell stories of, oh, but I almost, you know, look at what I grew from this experience. Um, <laughs> But at the end of the day, spend that time doing something that's going to make a difference to you. That's that's the real thing. And I think everybody who goes to an endurance event figures that out. They just don't waste time anymore uh, on on silly things. That's always amazing to me to see just how much more productive people are in their own lives. uh, Writing their own story, the chapters of their own lives after after having done an endurance event. And then if it wears off, then you can go back and do another one. And I promise to give you more venues next year to do it. Perfect. Well, and that's part of the reason that I do them regularly is keeps me honest. Yeah. Keeps me, keeps me going. Well, taking, taking it a different route, we've, we've been seeing a little bit more about peak races. Um, and I know that's part of Spartan, and I hear that Snowshoe Ultra, uh, Ultra sounds pretty cool. How, how does that fit into the scheme with uh, yeah, peak, Spartan? Uh, peak race, uh, peak the Peak Series has a lot of similarities to all things Spartan, uh, not so much to mention the obvious that they were both founded and started by, by Joe DeSena and in Vermont, but um, the, the similarities don't stop there. Uh, peak, the Peak Series races are phenomenal opportunities for people to experience three, truly three different uh, event formats. We've got a snowshoe, 
uh, event in March. We've got uh, an ultra, which includes uh, the longest ultra ever, a 500-mile ultra. And we actually have, believe it or not, we have people signed up for that. This, mm-hmm. yeah. um, they have to submit an application, and the application uh, is reviewed and, um, and approved. We don't let people even sign up for the event that can't be self-supporting and can't make it through that event. Uh, but it's it's going to happen. And then uh, there's a mountain bike race. And I want to make sure everybody knows who's listening to this podcast, this is a Leadville qualifying mountain bike. So wow. there are there are seriously serious competitors that show up to this event. This is not uh, this is not your typical um, mountain bike uh, race where you know you just got a couple of competitive um, buddies uh, going out after each other. These, these are people who want to qualify for Leadville. These are people who want to go race uh, in Colorado. So uh, it's a big deal, and uh, it's growing. It's growing every year, and um, it's, holy crap, it's in Vermont, for goodness sake. It's so beautiful there. Uh, Such an amazing venue uh, on Riverside Farm to do that. Well, you sold me. Yeah. Yeah. How about a road trip? (laughs) (laughs) Registration's open. Go for it. I'll I'll see you there. (laughs) Love it. So let's talk. Um, I got I got one more question here for you, and then I want to talk about what's come, what's upcoming next month. Uh, oh, okay, gotcha. So a lot has happened in the last couple of years. It's really amazing things, and uh, maybe it's a little cliche to ask, but where do you, where do you see Spartan Endurance going in the next two years, three years, five years? Well, the, the question can only be best answered by uh, by saying wait and see, but I know that that's not what you're listening to. <laughs> but there is there is uh, there is serious momentum, and I see uh, not only event growth and participation growth, but you, we're going to start to see some things in Spartan Endurance in the next couple of years that uh, haven't we've never touched on before. Uh, if I get my way. Uh, we're going to have um, a, a global endurance community that's a little bit more connected uh, than what we've had before. So right now we've got U.S. events and, and international events, but they're not connected. Um, very much like um, our events are connected by the Delta. You want to fill each side of the Delta. What if there? What if one of the um, what if one of the connections was that you did uh, three hurricane heats in three different countries, or you did three 12-hour hurricane heats in three different countries? Um, we want uh, to bring down the walls that divide the international and the, the U.S. events, which is another reason why we're hosting international Ladogi each year as well. It's, just, it's, it's not all about what happens on U.S. soil. There's so much more uh, to the world than, than just here. Uh, yes, it started here, but um, the caliber of events that are happening internationally uh, is don't underestimate just how amazing they are. Uh, we got Max down in Australia. We've got some phenomenal events. Dom and Carl in the UK are doing just amazing things. Uh, Marty Parr and his team out there. Uh, we just had a, a hurricane hit in Mal- a hurricane yeah, exactly. in Malaysia. Uh, that that was uh, that followed the same footprint as the original hurricane heat that was canceled by a storm. Uh, it was a one-off typhoon heat, but uh, and just so you know, that's it's not a different name. Typhoon is what they call a hurricane in, in that part of the country. It's the yeah. same thing, um, and it was one-off, and we won't have any more typhoon heat under that name. But it was a real neat opportunity for um, for many, many, many hundreds of people. Uh, to be led uh, uh, by Chris, by the way, who's one of the our newest and uh, very awesome uh, Kriptea, Chris King, uh, lives in Japan right now. He led that event uh, under the request of the Malaysia group. It was amazing. But I don't know that a lot of people are talking about what's happening in Spain or in Italy or in France or in Australia. And these are event uh, venues that are wow, just breathtaking and amazing. And those, those Pratea uh, have really taken um, the bull by the horns and are leading fantastic events. So what I would like to see in the next couple of years is more involvement with international movements, people from Spain coming to do events in Tahoe, people from, from Tahoe going to do events in Spain, that sort of thing. 
So I see a lot of that happening in the next couple of years, and I also see uh, a lot more um, community involvement with with uh, Spartan Endurance by way of right now all of the hurricane heats, with the exception of the planned H3X, and with the exception of the the uh, Nashville event that um, Cookie led last year, have always been on a venue. They've always been tied to um, the Spartan venue in that area. Expect to see guys some Spartan endurance events that are off venue, that are not tied to a venue uh, that is also running a, uh, a Spartan race. Um, we do compete a little bit with people who sign up for the hurricane heat and then do a sprint or do a super or do a beast and then realize they're too tired to do the event the next day. Um, so we are going to start hosting some events in, in the next few years that are off venue. Awesome. So look for that opportunity. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> I think if, if people aren't paying attention to uh, a lot of the international things that are going on, I think they're definitely missing out because uh, namely Australia, Perth, the uh, SAS selection edition, 12 hour, Man, that just that looked phenomenal. Just the name grabs you out of your seat and makes you want to go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Max is a little crazy, as you all know, and he does some does some amazing things down there. But um, he very creative guy, always on the cutting edge of of things that he's doing. And um, I don't think there's enough emphasis on on uh, showcasing what is happening in in international events, and so. My hope is in the next few years that that changes some. Good. So bringing it back to the U.S., and we talked some of the international stuff. And before I get to the one in Iceland, there was a mention of potentially going to Kodiak Island in Alaska. Oh, yeah. No, it's 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 more than a mention. There's plans in, at, at play here. Um, uh-huh. Just so that people aren't, uh, people don't get willy-nilly about these things. These, these events take, take a year plus to plan. Uh, mm-hmm. There's permits, there's logistics, there's a crazy amount of, of uh, safety concerns that we do uh, to make sure that each event can be done. I mean, obviously, everybody thinks Kodiak Island, Kodiak Bears, that's going to be really neat. But how do you protect 100 people running in the woods carrying bacon tied to their backpack from the Kodiak Bears? Right? <laughs> um, how do you, you, have to, you have to be able to to do these things in a sustainable uh, in a sustainable way that also showcases the opportunities of the venue itself. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Kodiak Island uh, is definitely in the works, man. Don't, but don't hold out on doing them because I'll, I'll just keep throwing venues at you uh, and you just do what you need to do is just get a second mortgage and just do them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to sleep, Mark. I'm going to stay awake thinking about all of these things. And, uh, Getting Kodiak Island up. Yeah, yeah. Take smoking code below, but you'll be all right. <laughs> so I, uh, I don't, I don't like to uh, commit to things that I don't have an intention of breaking down every wall to make sure things happen. And uh, I've committed to several people to uh, to go to Kodiak and and participate. Whether or not that'll be my first, I, I don't know yet. But um, it's on my coast. It's in Alaska. It's our neighbor. And we're, you know, considering where we hail from and kind of our area, it just seems natural, right? Um, So aside from strapping bacon uh, to my back, um, (laughs) any, uh, anything we should know about that? Or are we thinking 18, 19? Is there, is there anything that we can do to help? Sure. There's lots you can do to help Um, continue to do awesome podcasts like this to bring the awareness out for the endurance events, but I am going to absolutely walk away from telling you anything about what we have planned for Kodiak (laughs) Island. Um, (laughs) I love it. But just, just know that it will surpass your greatest expectations. That's all I'm going to say. Well, you have my name down in the books, brother. Absolutely. Mine too. We're there. Yeah, if, if there's ever anything the BCCR can do to help push things along in the Northwest region whatsoever, we are always at your beck and call. Well, you know, that's a good question that you mentioned, or a good point that you mentioned about uh, about um, the beasts, because we, in the Spartan Endurance community, we love to enlist uh, the involvement of, of the bigger teams in the areas. Um, Cookie's famous for uh, for or uh, pulling in the, the troops when it comes to trying to populate these events. Absolutely. But the reality of it is it's never about the registration numbers and more about the registration quality, because if we spend the first 
six hours of a 12 plus hour event. And that first six hours is in developing the teams and developing communication and trust between the teams so that we can then um, go to the next level. If you have a group that is already a team that already knows how to communicate with each other. I mean, if I, let's just say we did an agogi in, uh, in, in, uh, in Washington somewhere, I would expect that agogi to be highly populated. If not more than 50% beef, I would be very surprised. But imagine the event quality that we could introduce if, if the barriers of communication and teamwork are already removed. So, you ask what you can do to help get people signed up for Kodiak. I'd love to see you get 100 people, Adam. Uh, you do it. Get 100 people signed up for this event. Uh, that would be a tremendous way to contribute to the event success. Get some people signed up. It's on. It, <laughs> it is on. Challenge. So are you, committing to, are you committing right now to 100? Is that what it is? I am committing to removing the barriers for as many people as I can. And I would right. love to see 100. That's jump. Give me a number. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, one of my favorite parts with you, Mark. One of my favorite things about you, Mark, is is you don't accept garbage, and you're gonna you're gonna hold me to the best version of me. <laughs> okay, all right. You threw down the challenge. I'm in. One hundred. hundred. Okay, you got it. I, I uh, you you get me a hundred pre reg signed up, and I will I will uh, I will do a little something something during the event to uh, to showcase that. Right, and then okay. uh, for every for every one that doesn't show, then is, is that another ten to a hundred rupees each? I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> another piece of bacon on your back. <laughs> <laughs> let's not let's not think about what would happen if it doesn't happen because we're always <laughs> yeah. it's gonna happen, and they're gonna be there. And and uh, the only thing you need to think about is uh, is how. Uh, many journals you're going to have to buy to write down all of the life-changing experiences that you witnessed. That's the thing. <laughs> well, thanks for calling it a journal, not a diary. I appreciate that. Um, yes, yeah, I do that. <laughs> so, well, talk, um, I, I don't, I don't want to take up too much of your time, Mark, but um, Iceland, it's just around the corner. Yeah. Um, I know you're excited. I'm excited too. Um, I, I wish I was there with, with you. Um, I did go do burpees all over Iceland for you. Um, it's warmed up and ready. I but appreciate it. Tell, is there uh, is there anything you can tell us about the the Iceland Ultra Beast World Championship, the the go the sprint? Is, is is what should we know, or or what can we know? Okay, well, so um, it's no secret now for many of the people that uh, have been asking this thing over and over again. How can I do the go <laughs> at the ultra? Um, and and I I want to I want to put it out there. That it it, uh, it it is relatively obvious, but if you are signing up for the ultra and then they're giving you the old the agogi, they're not taking one away. They're they're letting you do both. And so I'll, I'll talk briefly about how that's going to happen. So the agogi is a 60 plus hour event. The ultra is a 24 hour event. And so if you take 24 hours subtracted out of 60, you then have 36 hours, and that is exactly the amount of time. Uh, previous to the start time of the Agogi. So the Agogi starts Thursday night at midnight. Uh, the uh, Ultra starts Saturday at noon. You can do the math. There's your 36 hours. So this Agogi is going to be substantially different than many of the Agogis in the past. Um, most of the Agogis in the past have had a start location, and you have missions that go out and back, out and back, uh, this particular uh, event is not going to be in that same format. Uh, it's going to be something that we haven't yet done before. And what you're going to notice different about this particular format is that it's mission-based. That's the hint I'm giving you. It's mission-based. Mm -hmm. Each team will have a set of missions to accomplish, and they either arrive at the ultra venue successful, or they arrive not successful, in, at least in completing the missions themselves. Um, so I want to make this point very clear. If you drop out of the agogi for whatever reason, for not coming prepared, which still boggles my mind, people show up with the wrong gear um, or, or don't have something, uh, I don't know how you 
book a flight and, and travel all that distance and plan your vacation and plan the thing for six months and show up without right food or whatever. To get. I still don't understand how it happens, but it does happen. But if you get eliminated from the agogi, you will still be allowed to run the ultra. But if you run the agogi and then you run the ultra and you fail in the ultra, you will not have completed the agogi nor the ultra. You need to make that perfectly clear. So if in the ensuing hours of doing the, um, in the 36 hours previous to the ultra, if you, um, if you get to the ultra wasted or not prepared or hypothermic or whatever the case is, you will have failed both of those endeavors instead Mm -hmm. of one. So be prepared for this. I am telling you, um, the, Iceland, you hear the term Iceland, you think how cold it's going to be. The, the temperature is not going to be the problem. The wind is going to be your biggest enemy. I wish that personally. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it could be 60 degrees outside, but it blows hard enough, you are cold, especially if you're sweaty and uh, under, under other conditions. So do not underestimate the power, the life-sucking power that the wind has. And it's not wind. Uh, that that just blows by and okay it blows by. This is wind that never stops. This is wind that mm-hmm. never stops for 36 hours, and then mm-hmm. you go into the ultra, so it's going to go for another 24 hours. So um, if you can't sit in a refrigerated uh, walk-in cooler with a fan blowing on your face, if you can't stand that for more than an hour, you're going to really suffer during this agogi. So for for folks listening on the phone, uh, Iceland's amazing. It's beautiful. Um, I just got back from vacation in Iceland. It's amazing. And that's real. That That is probably the best description I've heard of the wind in Iceland. Um, we did uh, a 13.2-mile ruck around Skatafelsjöli, and just gorgeous. And we came upon an exposed ridge maybe 3 p.m., maybe been about six, seven hours so far. And it was warm, I don't know, 45, 46 degrees, but we were exposed. And, you know, and been worked up a good sweat and the wind hit us. And in maybe 15 seconds through all of our layers and the extra, you know, the windbreaker that we bought, broke out and everything else, within seconds, it was just bone clattering cold. It's real. And it's amazing. And it's definitely a challenging experience that I think people are, will never forget. Yeah, I think Iceland is going to throw um, aspects at participants that they've only had one or two of in the past. Not only is it going to be cold, not only is it going to be windy, not only are you going to be tired, not only are you going to be hungry, but you're going to be doing all of these things in absolute pitch dark conditions. And you always think, well, you know, I just keep going, keep going, keep going. The light's going to come up. Don't wait for that. Cause you may never <laughs> see the light. You, you literally, you may never see the light. Um, based on some of the things that we're going to be doing. And um, and you will have to learn how to deal with a lot of things. And this particular agogi was engineered to throw a lot of people at some of their fears. So if you have phobias of, of various things, um, we, are going to, uh, we are going to expose you to those, and it'll be a growing experience for you. Um, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's incredible. Well... Uh, one one last thing here for you, um, and then I'll uh, have take us out here in a minute. And, and thank you again for the generosity of your time and for the people on your team uh, that just put so many hours into putting these things together. I got to say, um, seeing what's been accomplished and seeing the direction that's going, just really, as somebody that's participated in many of these events, I mean, there's nothing but pride and excitement. Um, going into these for folks list, what would what would be the one piece of advice that you'd give them um, in tackling hard things in life, endurance or not? What would be the one thing that you would want people to take away from this whole conversation? Um, what you've learned in endurance? Okay, that's, that's uh, you're asking for a pretty uh, pretty heavy um, heavy list there, but I'll, I'll explain it like that. <laughs> And I want to I want to I want to quote one of my one of my favorite uh, uh, event leaders, and, and I want to say that the Spartan Endurance Program is 
just packed with amazing people who give their own time. They're not paid for this. They volunteer their time, countless hours. But I want to quote, uh, I want to quote uh, Kill Cha. Uh, Cha is the new F word, right? But uh, <laughs> Kill Cha. And he, uh, he talks a lot about, especially during his events, about, about, about training, about preparing for this. Uh, you know, he's a master trainer and owns his own business doing that kind of thing. But he, um, he showcases the fact that every obstacle, whether it's on the obstacle course or, or in life, is really only mastered when you train for it. So if you're having a problem um, climbing the rope, um, doing squats, you know, maybe that'll help you some, but you've got to climb the rope. You, you've got to get on the rope and climb. Nothing prepares you best for climbing a rope other than climbing a rope. People talk about, well, what, what would prepare you for, for long-distance hiking? The best thing that prepares you for long-distance hiking is long-distance hiking. And so every obstacle that we encounter, uh, metaphorically or physically, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, any of those obstacles can be overcome simply by training for it. So, uh, okay, Mark, well, you, you know, you're, you're talking about physical stuff. You're talking about climbing ropes and things like that. But uh, let's talk about the obstacle of, of uh, uh, pending divorce. Let's just say that there's some people that uh, are coming to this endurance events and, and they're, they're, you know, their marriage is on the rocks. They've got some problems for it. And, and they, they want to find something different uh, some strength that they can pull from somewhere and, and find a way to, to fix that. Well, what they realize is when they come to those endurance events, they, you know, the gear list comes out and it says you're going to have to bring a sandbag or a 30-pound weight plate or whatever the case is. They immediately take upon themselves training maneuvers at home or at the gym or whatever they do to carry that weight. They're prepared for that. They're prepared for the weight that they're going to have to carry that weight in some way. Well, you can train for an obstacle of a rocky marriage in exactly the same way. You prepare, you train, you learn how to communicate better. You learn how to be a better partner. You, you train for those things in the exact same way that you train to overcome any of the obstacles that you might run into at the Spartan race or in an endurance event or at a Nagogi. Um, and so my advice to anybody who wants to do something is train specifically for your weakness. Whatever your weakness is, train for it, and you'll succeed. Wow, amazing. I love the correlation, too, between not just training, but and, and not physically, but with the example of marriage. I think that's something that more people need to talk about and be willing to talk about, because that's very real. And um, communication's a huge part. Listening, understanding, um, interpreting. More and more, we can we can go on. But that's, that's phenomenal advice, really is. Well, it's not advice from me. It was probably uh, advice that I have heard to me many times. Um, <laughs> in the light of it's it's interesting, and you could be a fly on the wall and listen as best say I get the opportunity to do. We listen to people on the on the endurance courses and. When they're carrying a tire up the hill, it's hilarious. They're not talking about carrying a tire up the hill. They're talking about, oh, where are you from? Oh, you went to that high school? So what do you do for a living? So I ran into this one problem one time, and I ran into this other problem another time. How did you overcome it? I hear that more than I hear anything else. I hear people who now have a new friend, teammate, partner, someone that is struggling with them, someone that is, uh, going through the same effort, they're sweating, they're tired, they're angry, uh, they don't want to do any more burpees, they don't want to carry this distance anymore. And they're not talking about any of that. They're talking about wins and successes and ways that they've overcome things. Um, the very, very best piece of, of financial advice I have ever heard came from me listening to two participants who didn't know that I was standing there listening to them talking about how one guy overcame um, a, a pending financial disaster um, and that other guy receiving that information and, and doing something about it in his own life. He was being trained. He was training for whatever the obstacles that he had in his life at that moment. Uh, and that's the beauty of these things. And it's even more 
satisfying after about hour 52 in an adogi when you start hearing the good advice mixed with, um, you know, amazing uh, delirious statements and comments because they're, they're just <laughs> at that moment. But it, it is, I, I, there's no way for me, I could write a book on this about how many times uh, I hear people giving life advice and receiving life advice during one of these endurance events that they put themselves through. They're not talking about the grit that's in their pants. They're not talking about the blisters that are on their feet. They're not talking about how cold they are or how tired they are. They're talking about life, and it's awesome. It's so safe for me to speak on the behalf of Zane. I think both he and I have been in that very same spot many times. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Met some uh, amazing people and made some amazing friends out there on the course, just shooting the shit about life while you're sucking the wind. Yeah, there's just something about the physicality of these events or the, the suffering of these events that brings people out to, to, to talk to themselves up to what's going on in their lives. You, you never hear anything. You never hear any of the, um, the, 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 the politics. You never hear any of the... The, um, the local news or what's going on. What, what always is discussed and talked about are ideas. And I always remember that quote. Um, and, I'm, and I'm sure I don't remember the whole thing, but it had something to do with, um, you know, uh, small ideas are, are, are small conversation starts when you talk about people and, and even smaller conversation talks when you talk about religion. But, but um, when you talk about ideas, that's... Mm-hmm. That's the right kind of conversation, and um, yeah. I, I just—that's what—that's what you hear when you go to one of these events. I challenge you to go to the next endurance event and 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 listen, just listen to what's being said from the other participants. It is absolutely amazing. There was a way to record all that and distill it into a, a, an everlasting podcast from all the events across the country. It's not just the <laughs> advice from from the crypt hand, because these events, I want to make sure that, you, that, that I say this correctly, and uh, the whole Cryptea team, uh, I know, knows this and, and practices it well, that these events are never about us. We try not to be in your photos. We try not to be in the background. We try not to be the focus of the event in any way, um, because it's truly about the participants. But we're always the ones that benefit the most when we listen to the ideas uh, that come from the participants as they share things that they've learned or, or knowledge or wisdom that they've gained in other aspects of their life that they bring to these events and share. It's, it's truly magical to watch. I love it. Absolutely. I really do. Well, Mark, uh, I definitely thank you for being here. It is phenomenal to get to talk to you and uh, you, get Joe. some insight into your world and uh, get to talk about Spartan Endurance, one of our biggest passions. Um, so, Mark Peterson, again, thank you so much for being here with uh, myself, Zane Treewalker, and Adam Bergenheyer. And uh, we appreciate your time, man. Uh, the, the privilege was all mine, and uh, I hope that uh, the true endurance event doesn't become for the people that have to listen to the hour and 20 minutes we've been chit-chatting here. <laughs> hey, I can't wait to put this thing up online and get some listeners. I, I think we're going to get some good feedback on this one. That would be fun. It would be fun. Thanks again for having me. I appreciate it, Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by the Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Like us? Great. Join us at Facebook or BeastOCR.com. And thank you.